Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. This week the programme is rather topical. It's on typhoons. These days, with satellite imagery and sophisticated weather monitoring systems, it's possible to track a typhoon hundreds of kilometres away. But Hong Kong has borne witness to some terrible typhoons, which have killed tens of thousands of people and devastated the territory. I went along to the lovely observatory building in Nathan Road to talk to Shun Chi Ming, the director of the Hong Kong Observatory, about typhoons. It's a low-pressure area uh, formed over the ocean. Not just the low pressure, but also it brings uh, very strong winds. So normally, low pressure, very strong winds uh, will characterize a, a typhoon or a, cur- or a hurricane, depending on which uh, region you are in. Uh, in our region, uh, they are called typhoons. So a typhoon is a hurricane? Exactly the same thing, but uh, different names in different regions. But actually, uh, the hazards uh, goes beyond uh, strong winds and, and low pressure. Actually, uh, we can't feel uh, any significance of the low pressure, but actually the low pressure could uh, increase or to raise the sea level. Uh, that's what we call storm surge, which is a very, very dangerous uh, phenomenon. Uh, in the past, it, it kills really a uh, great number of people. Um, it's not the strong winds which, which kill people only. It's the storm surge. Can, it can uh, cause um, fatalities of thousands. The most recent one, of course, I think people may still remember uh, Typhoon Haiyan uh, in the Philippines. But the not, not so long ago, also um, Hurricane Sandy uh, for New York and also Hurricane Katrina uh, in the Gulf. Oh, that was absolutely devastating, wasn't it? That's right. So even though we nowadays we have uh, modern infrastructure, um, very safe buildings, but still modern societies are still subject to this kind of risk. And, and in fact, uh, it's still happening right now. So we, we, we need to understand better what really um, these typhoons or hurricanes are. And apart from storm surge, they can also bring very heavy rain. And in fact, uh, if we also remember the typhoon Morocco several years ago, uh, which brought um, phenomenal amount of rainfall over the uh, mountains of Taiwan, which also uh, wiped out a, a village. And with climate change in progress, uh, we expect that the intensity of these typhoons uh, could be even more severe. Why for- is that? Because for climate change, first of all, the temperature will be higher globally, air temperature as well as the sea surface temperature, so that typhoons will have more fuel uh, from the ocean and, and more energy as well because of the higher temperature. And higher temperature in the atmosphere also means that more moisture can be held. Uh, and so the rain, if it falls, it can fall more heavy uh, than usual. One more effect of climate change is uh, the increase in sea level. As we all know, the, all the glaciers and, and the big ice sheets over Antarctica and Greenland are melting very quickly because of the global warming. And so the sea level is, is on the rise. And we expect that this rise uh, will not stop. Well, even we, 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 we cut uh, emission, greenhouse gas emission today, because of the accumulated effect of the carbon dioxide and, and, and the warming, the glaciers con- will continue to melt. 
And so it it's really depends on how quick we we can uh, mitigate uh, the uh, uh, defects, but but we expect that no matter what, at least half a meter uh, of, of sea level rise will be expected um, by the end of this century, if not more. So the higher the sea level, when, when storm surge happen, the effects will be greater. When you were a boy, can you remember what your first typhoon was? Not really, but uh, because I, I, I live in a really uh, low-rise uh, area, um, and, and so I, my, my home was not ex- really exposed to, to the strong winds. But I do have very clear memory of a ship that uh, went from Hong Kong to Macau with the name uh, Fat Shan. Actually, my father took me to Macau in the, ni- I think, late 1960s, and I still remember the name of the ship. At that time, uh, we need to s- spend a whole night to travel from yes. Hong Kong to Macau. But then in 1971, there was a typhoon Rose, which uh, sunk the, the, the ferry. So, in fact, uh, just uh, this uh, Tuesday, I went to um, Chan Chao to, to witness uh, my first time. The Yulan ceremony in Changchao, which also include this um, Feshan ferry, which was a very, very um, so it was a quite a, quite a tragedy. Was there a number of people on board? Luckily, there was there were no passengers, um, but um, there were a crew of uh, eighty eight. So all the crew killed in this storm off northern Lantau. So this is a, a, a typhoon that uh, I can remember. Uh, very clearly. And in fact, this typhoon was the strongest one since another big one, Typhoon uh, Wanda, in 1962. Hong Kong lies devastated after Typhoon Wanda struck the colony at 160 miles an hour. At least 65 people are dead, 500 injured, and perhaps as many as 50,000 rendered homeless. For the big shanty-dwelling population, catastrophe is complete. People accustomed to poverty have lost the little that they had. The Queen has sent a message of sympathy, and from many parts of the Commonwealth, help is on the way. The new restaurant boat Hong Kong Lady was thrown up near Kai Tak Runway. A similar fate was suffered by many of the craft in the harbour. Warned of the typhoon's approach, ocean-going ships hastily put out to sea and rode out the storm in comparative safety. But what ruin was left behind? And how will the homeless carry on in the meantime? Tidal waves on top of the typhoon overturn cars like so many toys. What the total damage is, it's too early to estimate. Hong Kong cries out urgently for aid from the free world. Yeah, the photos of Typhoon Wonder are quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Just the the destruction caused. Yes, and uh, it's not and not just the destructions and effects uh, over the urban areas, which already was very very severe, very uh, widespread damages. But the most devastating uh, effect was at Sha Tin, a whole fishing village over Sha Tin uh, was wiped out uh, by the storm surge. And the geography there is one of the main reasons for this disaster. Is because even though the storm surge is high already over the Victoria Harbour, it was up to about four meters uh, from the normal low tide. But uh, because of the shape of Tolo Harbour, it's, uh, it's like an enclosed area. 
when the sea level rise, actually the, the seawater was pushed by the strong winds, onshore winds, um, towards the Tolo Harbour, which uh, the, the, the seawater has had nowhere to go. And so it's just like a mini tsunami. The, the, the sea level continues to rise and, and all concentrated over the, the end of the Tolo Harbour, which is Satin. So the whole fishing village at that time it was called the Park Hok Ting village, which means kind of a bird, a name of a bird. The fishing village uh, was devastated, and more than 100 people, uh, fishermen were killed. Tidal wave devastates Sha Tin. The whole village town of Sha Tin on the seaward side of the railway station was devastated by a 10-foot tidal wave yesterday, and it is reported that Taipo was even worse off. An inhabitant who escaped estimated that the death toll might reach 100 or even more, as hundreds of wooden huts and buildings on the seashore between the station and the railway crossing were completely flattened without warning by the heavy volume of seawater. The inhabitants did not have a chance. This tidal wave occurred about 10am and came from the sea slightly in the direction of Taipo. In minutes, the whole town was awash under 10 feet of water, rushing in from the sea and carrying with it everything in its path. 15,000 phones are out. If you can't get through on the phone, don't be surprised. Yours is one of 15,000 phones put out of action by Wanda. Mr S. Grove, manager of the telephone company, told the Sunday Post-Herald last night that a number of cables, including cross-harbour cables, were affected. 10,000 lines are out on the island and 5,000 in Kowloon. Repair work is underway, but it is impossible to state when this will be completed, Mr Grove added. And this didn't happen just once. In, in, in the history of Hong Kong? No, there were many tragic situations with typhoons. I mean, I think the miracle is these days that, I mean, you do have the occasional tragedy of uh, it will be a teenager who's decided to go fishing and gets uh, swept to sea. But by and large, you've got 7 million people and um, there's uh, precious few injuries when we do have typhoons in the summer these days. Yes, of course, we have to thank all the people uh, who have worked in um, disaster management, preparedness, and also uh, those who have uh, made our city resilient uh, in terms of um, building very solid infrastructure, modern infrastructure, um, very um, safe buildings. But it's also down to the observatory being, you know, ensuring that people are safe. So, I mean, like President Obama has his red button for nuclear weapons, is it, <laughs> it, do you sit here as the director and say, okay, I'm now going to press the signal three? Yes, and in <laughs> fact, uh, maybe I'm, I'm one of the more powerful men in, in <laughs> Hong Kong that I could uh, uh, give uh, the typhoon warning number eight, and then the, the whole city will stop running and... and Kids uh, no need to go to school, and people uh, will have to return to to, to safe uh, place uh, at their homes. Yeah, we have a very long history of uh, typhoon warning system, starting when when the observatory uh, was established in 1883. In fact, next year we will be commemorating our hundred years of numbered typhoon warning system. Oh, is that right? Yes, that's right. So we have a century. Of, of a very proven warning system for typhoon. And this is also 
one of the reasons why the, we see the casualties and damages uh, have uh, come down quite, quite, quite a bit uh, from the early days. But your job is quite difficult. I mean, you, it, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite hard to keep people satisfied because uh, if, you, if you have everybody safe, which I would have said is the priority, mm-hmm. but having said that, you shut the stock exchange down mm-hmm. and the typhoon decides to change direction, then people are a bit critical, aren't they? Well, I, I, I think we have to recognize that science has its limitation in predicting typhoons uh, using the best uh, available science and technologies we still have its limit. And, and, and therefore, any forecast, not just the weather forecast, but actually I think uh, people will appreciate that the forecast of the Hang Seng Index for next day <laughs> is equally more uh, challenging, if not more. So... I think we have seen the progress, advancement of science and technologies today that um, we have a good handle of how the typhoon will will behave in the next uh, several days. I think this is already a huge advancement over the early years, uh, thanks to uh, new technologies like uh, computer modeling, um, satellites and weather radars. And most recently, uh, we also deployed uh, an aircraft, government aircraft, um, to prop the typhoon directly, uh, equipped with um, prop uh, on the aircraft so that um, when we fly into the typhoon or near the eye, we can actually measure how strong the winds are and how low the pressure uh, is. So somebody goes up, a pilot? Yes, that's right. Because uh, initially uh, we we found that because this aircraft is tasked to do search and rescue, so the pilots, the air crews have vast experience in handling this kind of um, phenomenal uh, weather, uh, phenomenal sea uh, conditions. And therefore, we discuss with them, and, and, and they are very um, happy to do so, of, of course, on the condition that they can make the decision whether or not it is, it is safe uh, to go in. And so far, uh, it has been very, very um, um, successful. And now with the new aircraft um, that uh, has been um, deployed uh, this year, uh, we have a new equipment, uh, which is known as the drop zone, which uh, can be deployed on top or above the typhoon so that um, there is no more need. Well, of course, we, we sometimes we still want them to go in to, to get the, the data, but uh, there is now another means to collect the information using those uh, radio zones, which can be dropped from, for example, 40,000 feet, and then uh, it's, uh, slowly descend into the typhoon eye and, and, and finally end, end up on the sea. So that it, we have a full three-dimensional picture of the um, structure of the typhoon. But when this aircraft goes up, um, is that when it's close by Hong Kong? Um, actually, we want to forecast, obviously. So we, we want to do it when the typhoon is still quite a distance away. But of course, we have to be mindful of uh, the need for coordinating um, with the neighbor airspace. And so right now, what we are doing is uh, we fly in uh, the Hong Kong um, airspace, which means that uh, whenever a typhoon has entered into the South China Sea, we already can plan a flight to areas very close to the typhoon. In the future, we hope that uh, we could also uh, fly even further for example, around the Philippines' uh, Bashi Channel, where most of our typhoons uh, come from. When did you start naming typhoons? Oh, this is quite a story. Uh, in fact, recently we have done some research into this, and, and finally, after browsing through the weather charts, 
we found that the first use by the observatory of typhoon names was uh, in 1952, based on the American naming system. But when America um, start naming the typhoons, we don't know. Actually, we have asked the our counterparts in the U.S., the National Weather Service, but but still they they haven't got <laughs> this record. Interestingly, for us. We started to use、um, this in 1952, but of course the naming convention has changed、uh, throughout the years. Initially, it was only female names, but afterwards, male names、uh, were also used for for some time. And who chooses them? I mean, do you all sit round, have a cup of coffee, and say what we're going to call it? <laughs> in fact,、uh, initially、um, it was、uh, based on some forecaster in in the U.S.,、uh, um, which.、Um, Uh, decide on the naming convention. I think more than ten or fifteen years ago, we have a meeting of the typhoon committee in the in the region.、Um, it comprised of、uh, some fourteen members、uh, in in our region, which decided、oh, why not we have a systematic way to determine the the naming convention、uh, for the region. And so、um, we come came up with a, a more systematic approach. Uh, that every member、uh, of of the typhoon committee、uh, can offer the names, and then these names are used、uh, in rotation. When we look back,、um, I mean, I've been looking at some of the more devastating typhoons throughout history. Here in Hong Kong, there was、uh, one in 1874, another in 1906. I mean, of course, there were typhoons in between, but these are particularly marked in the history books. That's right. For 1874, in fact, it, it was one of the reasons to establish the observatory in the first place.、And、this storm, I believe, is is one of the top most、uh, destructive typhoons for Hong Kong. In fact, for for the Pearl River Delta in Hong Kong, when the typhoon came, apart from severe damages to the houses and buildings, there was storm surge. A total of 2,000 to 5,000 people、uh, were reported、uh, killed in Hong Kong. We have to be mindful that at that time, Hong Kong is still Hong Kong Island and Kowloon without new territories. So if we counted. The new territories. I don't know what what the number will end up. But actually, the devastation not just limited to Hong Kong, but、uh, the in Macau, the storm surge actually、uh, wiped out、uh, significant、uh, parts of、uh, Macau. As as I think, as we know,、uh, Macau is a rather low lying town, and so at that time, the reported fatalities、uh, in Macau was five thousand. Five thousand people were killed in Macau. Which accounts for about ten percent of the population. Oh, that's awful. I mean, it would have also been that the people's structures of their houses would have wouldn't have been built in order to、uh, go up against、uh, a typhoon. And I think also the Yisi would have been with a a large fishing population、mm. that there would have been any number of those in shallow waters. That's exactly right, and and this is one of the reason for the high、um, casualty numbers、uh, in in those days. When the fishing communities、uh, were very very big, and and also this typhoon also triggered the government to build typhoon shelters, starting with Causeway Bay and then the Yaomate. So, in fact,、uh, the fishing community actually bore the full force of the typhoon. It is our duty to record one of the most appalling disasters that has ever happened in this colony. 
A typhoon of unprecedented violence raged in this neighbourhood on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning last, reported the Hong Kong Daily Press on September 26th. The wind increased frightfully in violence, raging and howling at first, and after a time sounding like one continued peal of musketry, broken at intervals by artillery, as sudden and more violent gusts swept through the harbour and over the land. At times, even above the fierce howling of the wind, could be heard the pitiful cries of thousands, vainly battling with the storm. Dead bodies in all directions washed ashore. The flagstaff at the peak was seen leaning at an angle, a sad signal to ships miles away of the ravages to which the colony had been subjected. Not a single ship in port escaped undamaged, and the casualties and loss of life, the latter estimated at over 2,000 souls, have exceeded anything which has ever before been upon record. In a report cataloguing the trail of destruction... The governor's bungalow has been completely unroofed, with the exception of one roof. His Excellency the Governor, Sir Arthur Kennedy, and some ladies and gentlemen were at the peak at the time and must have had a terrible night. The governor's bungalow was purposely built in the strongest possible manner and was considered to be proof against any typhoon that could occur. And then in 1906, in terms of the typhoon strength, it was not a very strong typhoon, but the number of people killed might be the largest in Hong Kong's history. We don't know the exact number. Some said uh, 15,000, some said uh, more than 10,000. We may never know because uh, we can't rely on one single source of information. Some information on the newspaper, some from government reports, some from other, other reports. But anyway, this typhoon came as a surprise. And at that time, the director of the observatory actually was blamed for not uh, able to make uh, an early alert for the typhoon. And so some recent study of of this case uh, showed that maybe maybe because of this, um, the director uh, went on early retirement in 1907. And actually, there was also a rumor since then, even to this date, even when I went to Changchao, some people asked me, there was a, a typhoon where the director could not predict and so the ty- director committed suicide. But this is not true. But this was the rumour which has been circulated for a long time and even reported on the newspaper that I could find during the wartime. Chinese newspaper, quoting that the director committed suicide because of the 1906 typhoon. But the study made by Professor McKeon, early China coast meteorology, very clear that this is not true. Dr. Doberg, the first director of the observatory, went on retirement in 1907 and, and still was active in the um, astronomical studies. In 1906, I also recall that there was a bishop who died That's right. going out in a boat with his students. Yes, as a student of St. Paul's College that I graduated from. Yeah, this is also very close to my heart because... Um, Bishop Hall uh, was killed when he took uh, several students uh, on the boat uh, named Pioneer, I think, uh, to the Castle Peak area. And then the the boat was uh, capsized uh, during the typhoon. It was a very severe event. Even the torpedo boat of the French uh, Navy also capsized uh, in the harbour. And so there was a lot of complaints from the French community so that the governor has to create a committee to investigate the case. But finally, um, the committee found that the observatory has already done its best. Uh, why it was not predicted? Recently, we also have, uh, have been able to look at the, the data. We analyzed the typhoon and found that uh, 
the typhoon actually was a very, very small size typhoon. Nowadays, we have a name for it, a so-called midget typhoon. The diameter of the typhoon, uh, in terms of the um, strong and gale force winds, is only uh, in terms of um, 10 to 20 kilometers in terms of radius. Normally, typhoons have a radius of hundreds of kilometers, but this one only 10 to 20. The 1906 Hong Kong typhoon hit the city on September the 18th. The event was a major natural disaster and claimed the lives of an estimated 15,000 people, around 5% of Hong Kong's population at the time. In its coverage of the first major typhoon since it was founded in November 1903, the South China Morning Post reported on Wednesday, September the 19th, 1906, the following. The Play of Destruction Shrieking laughter at observatory notices, the typhoon swooped upon us without so much as a by-your-leave. In the Hong Kong Hotel, breakfast was proceeding with ordinary tameness, and the menfolk were preparing for the daily humdrum of office work, when up rose the wind and sweeping at heaven knows how many knots an hour down Pedder Street, rattled at the shutters, bellied out the curtains, and caused the boys to forget their duties and slink to the verandas to see what all the to-do was about. Within five minutes, we knew it was better to prepare for the coming of the typhoon. The rooms in the south side were all barricaded up, though not before some slight damage had been done. All valuable places were protected, and, save for the outlet by the front door, which no one was anxious to use, and the dining room veranda on the north side, the Hong Kong Hotel was virtually a prison. From the veranda mentioned, a view unequalled in its extent, safety and dryness could be obtained, and quite a number of residents flocked thither to watch the grim play of destruction. It was wonderful, terrible, pathetic, yet grand, this spectacle of elemental nature amok, indifferent alike to life and property. It would have been very amusing had there not been a very serious side to it, for we are very much like children. There is much that tickles our risible faculties, in an overturned rickshaw, in that sight of pedestrians being lifted from their feet or climbing to pillars and posts to prevent such a contretemps, in the sight of strong timbers being flung about the air like corks, of signboards telling their woes to the rain-swept pavement, of tramcars held up in a bunch, of telegraph wires stringing everywhere, of private chairs floating on the broad, fast rivers that made their beds of Wyndham Street, Pedder Street, etc. And sights such as these were many far too many to justify detailed description. When we look at the, the information afterwards, we found that the, the typhoon probably came from Basi Channel before, uh, be, uh, between Taiwan and Luzon. So that um, the only available information is some observation on the islands. Splendid rescue. When the typhoon was at its height, a Chinese was blown down Pedder Street towards the wharf and, unable to stop, went headlong into the harbour. A European rushed across the windswept space and managed to cling to a lamppost and, after divesting himself of his Macintosh and coat, boldly jumped in to the rescue. He succeeded in securing the drowning man and, with the aid of an Indian constable who unrolled his turban and threw the end to the rescuer and a number of other Europeans, eventually brought the limp body ashore. We learn that after first aid treatment, the man regained consciousness and was removed to the hospital. The gentleman who performed this heroic act was Mr H.S. Bevan of Messrs Lane Crawford & Co and his bravery is all the more commendable when it's considered that a rescue seemed hopeless and his own life was in imminent danger. Final question, Sarah, and thank you very much for your time. What's your favourite kind of weather? 
My favorite kind of weather is, of course, uh, not too hot, <laughs> not too cold, with sunshine and white clouds, leisurely condition. But uh, of course, I'm also a fan of typhoon. I hope that someday I can be part of the wind chasing <laughs> community, especially that I, I really want to to see for myself uh, what's the condition within the eye. As I go up in the plane. Oh, maybe, yes. In fact, uh, my predecessor, uh, Mr. Gordon Bell, actually uh, flew with uh, the government flying service aircraft uh, to typhoons in the South China Sea. So I hope that uh, sometime I, I can also do that. My thanks to Shun Chi Ming, director of the Hong Kong Observatory. The exhibition, In the Midst of a Storm, Hong Kong's Early Typhoons, is on show at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum on Pier 8 in Central until September the 25th. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.